you do that. All right, there we are. I see us now. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 217, your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Rhett. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And the bad ones, too. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, sometimes some Star Trek. We do read all Super Chats on the air, so long as they do not permanently demonetize my channel. We will be drinking alcohol on this show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. And last but not least, if you like the content you see on this channel and want to help support us in what we do, consider joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. Welcome to the show. Welcome you to the show, Jeff. Oh, thank you. You know, no one ever welcomes me to my own show. That changes today. I, I that changes. One today. of these days, I gotta get like you over here and just have, let you take the lead, so I can sit there and drink and do like the color commentary. <laughs> Absolutely, why not? Yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome to twenty twenty two. Yes, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, first show of the new year, so we're uh, we're doing it. Looking we're making it happen. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a fantastic year. I'm looking forward to so many different things, uh, not many of which I can quite make pu public yet, but uh, let's just say it's going to be a good year. Uh, so while we're getting started, I felt like an old fashioned tonight, so I'm just mixing myself up one of those. I got a G&T in front of me, baby. Nice. I had one of those last night. Did you know they come in pints? <laughs> they do when you're mixing that's right they come in pints I'm getting one <laughs> you've had a whole half already <laughs> uh, for the whiskey tonight I am using Noble Oak Double Rye uh, mm. or Double Oak mm. Rye whiskey uh, rye whiskey that is finished in, with uh, port wine oak staves Excellent. So a good rich uh, red to kind of cap off that spicy rye note. We'll see how this one does. We're going to give a good generous uh, three ounce pour there because I can. Why not? Where are you driving? That's right. I ain't going anywhere. Uh, let's see. Also in that, we've got some uh, Bitter Housewife, uh, aromatic bitters, some of my favorite bitters, and they are right here in Portland. I don't know if you knew that. Nice. Uh, also picked up some uh, Bitter End Thai bitters, which are freaking fantastic. <coughs> Excuse me. Give this a quick little stir here. And with every old fashioned, you should always top it off with a little spritz of orange. Maybe leave the uh, the peel behind. Uh, instead, I got this little spritz bottle of orange oil from the uh, shaker and spoon guys. It came in the package, and well, when you're done with the cocktails, you still have some of the ingredients left. So just gonna give that a little. Ooh, that's fancy. A little mist. Oh wow. Ooh. 
Interesting. So is that just like for aromatic effect or like, is there flavor to that? Do you taste that? Oh, there's flavor. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that is good. I'm going to have to think of a name for that. Oh, wait. They call it an old fashioned. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so the Thai bitters are fantastic. I've been really digging on those for, gosh, I think I've had these a couple months now. Uh, they are not like curry, but they're just as spicy as like a really good Thai dish. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just fantastic. That rye is sitting just perfectly in there. It smooths out with that port finish. Uh, there's a, a real heaviness to the body on this one. And then uh, that little orange spritz just kind of carries it home. Oh, that's a good one. Excellent. Yeah. Personally, I got the um, the Hendrix Lunar Gin, if you've ever had a chance to try mm. that. It's actually mm -hmm. a pretty good uh, variation on, their, on Hendrix's gin. Yes, uh, I have had that. It's a lot more, I don't know, it's herbal, but it's a lot more, it's a lot smoother yeah. than typical Hendrix. Yeah. Maybe even a, maybe even like a little sweet. I don't know. Yep. Um, or sweeter, maybe. But uh, yeah, I just went straight GNT. I've got uh, one part Hendrix Lunar, three parts Fever Tree uh, Tonic, and uh, a little bit of lime juice in there. So Nice. Uh, which Fever Tree did you end up with? Oh boy, <laughs> the, they have so many different kinds. The ba the basic just the basic tonic, tonic? water, okay. the premium Indian tonic water. Yes, uh, I I love Fever Tree for tonics. Uh, try the elderflower. Okay, uh, for for a gin and tonic, it is fantastic. Yeah, I'll give that a go. They've got they've got pretty good uh, ginger beer as well. Yes. I like their ginger beer yeah. so. Um, yeah, I just kind of grabbed what they had on hand and it, uh, yeah, it's just the premium tonic. So yep. India, uh, what did I say? Indian pre premium, Indian, premium tonic Indian tonic. Yeah. India. Well, right. That's cause that's where tonic kind of came from, right? It was this idea of shipping these things mm -hmm. from England to India. Well, maybe I'm telling the story of the IPA. That's, that's the IPA. <laughs> but I had this, I had this, this dream. I'm a, maybe I made this up. I don't know. But it, 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 that's why tonic has that really bitter flavor is because mm -hmm. the ingredients that they put in it was to make it last. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's IPA. That's IPA. What am I saying? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know where you're going with that. I, I don't know the origins of tonic water. So you, it, well. you could be right. It could be the same thing. I mean, who knows? But. Uh, let's see some shout outs. Here we go. Uh, first up, let's start off with the super chat. Denver uh, sending over 10 whole US dollars. Very much appreciated. Uh, first strike super. Did y'all see the top AMD APU isn't far off from the 6500 XT, but will likely be stuck under half the memory bandwidth. Also need to share it with some cash starved CPU. Uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the GPUs. I have those slated for like the middle of the show. Um, I'm not going to dive too deep into them because again, you're not going to be able to buy them. It's going to be a long year, folks. Dig in. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's always the, the trade-off of an APU is you're not using dedicated 
GDDR5 or GDDR6 memory, which is a very high bandwidth that has been optimized for graphics. It's the same protocol as DDR or double data rate memory, but it's been optimized for the latency required for graphics. Uh, when you put that memory over to the uh, CPU-based uh, memory, the latency goes up, the, the bandwidth goes down, and it very much harms the overall performance, even if you have the same you know number of shader cores or whatever compute units. Apples to apples with a graphics card, the graphics card will always be faster because it has more local resources. So, but like I said, we will get into that. Uh, Novella Hub says, evening gents, giving, uh, giving it a go tonight. Yeah, I knew uh, Novella was a little under the weather, so get well, sir. Um... By the way, Jeff, I just have to get out of the way. So w the way you get tonic water is because they had this medication that was used to treat malaria. It was an antiparasitic. Okay. And they started mixing it with stuff, but it was so bitter mm. that they would add sugar. Mm -hmm. And that's how you got tonic water. That does make sense now. And I'm pretty sure that's why the, like, the idea of the word tonic is like, you know. Yeah, medicinal. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Tonics for every condition. We've got snake oil. We've got... Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yep. Or, you know, you're playing Final Fantasy. You got your tonics. Yeah. Well, it depends on which version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Uh, Fote says, hello, everyone from Clearwater, Florida. Hello. Watching from the number one German town in uh pnw uh that's american cosworth so i'm assuming he's somewhere uh fairly close uh williams got a glass of elijah craig on the rocks that's a way to go on a wednesday night uh <laughs> design and gaming says i'm 16 so i drink high quality tea well what kind of tea are you drinking don't leave us hanging there excellent nothing wrong with some high quality tea that's right uh got some mint lemonade for tonight that's from andrew uh Ooh, magic sounds good magic rat siberian summer imperial stout 10 percent excellent uh <laughs> apparently i was making my old fashioned so american cosworth says jeff expecting again no no <laughs> I, I, I think we're done never again <laughs> Of course, I said that after the second one, and then the third one came, and now I'm like, now I'm really done. <laughs> and this time, I mean it. Uh, John Jay starting the show with a Hop Venom from Boneyard Beer. Nice 9% double IPA. Boneyard does make an excellent double. Andrew's got uh, some brisk tea for the night. Novella Hub's got an Omni Brewing. Are you serious, Clark? Uh, triple IPA, 10.5%. Awesome. Cool, cool. Uh, I think that just about gets us caught up. <laughs> Net guy says it's never expected. You would be the expert in that one, so <laughs> I'll, I'll defer to you. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's get this show on the road. Starting with, uh, normally I'd say in memoriam, you know, like put your put your flags at half mast. You know, your your reception <laughs> at half bars. Uh, not in this case. I say good riddance. Now, I know <laughs> I might be in the minority there. Uh, 
And I, I'm a little jaded on this product and this company as a whole, simply because of the experience of servicing it on the back end of things. Uh, the, the exchange integration, the BlackBerry Messenger service, the everything that went into like the enterprise folks and having CEOs hurl Blackberries across the room. It's not working again. Well, if you type the passcode in correctly, you'd be able to get into it, you dolt. Uh, like that was my experience. And so I always hated BlackBerry, hated BlackBerry. I've never owned one. I disassociate with those that did. Speaking of which, John posted a picture of his previous BlackBerry in Discord. So unfortunately, John will no longer be joining us. Uh, uh. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, BlackBerry is coming to an end. Uh, and their phones and services uh, yesterday have ceased function. Uh, they will no longer work. BlackBerry Messenger has been turned off completely. Uh, and that's that. Interesting. And that was yesterday. Yesterday, right? so. January 4th, 2022. R.I.P. Blackberry. May you burn in. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, end of an era. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never cared one way or the other. Blackberry was kind of... <sighs> Gosh, how do we how do we sum up BlackBerry? BlackBerry was trying so hard to be a smartphone in the technology days of the pre-iPhone smartphone. The pre-iPhone, but you also have to look at it was a worse PDA than Palm and a mediocre cell phone at best most of the time. I mean, they they had some decent models. I I'll give them, you know, they they had a couple of of really good products really good designs but it was this weird amalgamation of like a sony ericsson phone and nextel in instant messaging and the worst interface you could possibly think of with that freaking rollerball in the center yeah. on a screen that wasn't an analog input it was i'm going down one line but you had this rollerball that sometimes would take you down and sometimes would not or sometimes it would jump you four uh, so on top of, I never liked the service. I never liked having to support it. I hated the interface in general. Uh, I mean, here you had Palm Pilot and Handspring Visor running Palm OS, uh, integrating themselves into phones. Uh, well, Handspring integrating themselves into phones rather, uh, with the Handspring mobile module, which I had. <laughs> in 2004 um and fantastic mobile os well supported third-party application development uh fairly inexpensive hardware open source or not open source but open standard as far as platforms go for sms messaging and and everything else BlackBerry was kind of like a holdout. Like, no, we're going to keep thing every everything enterprise and proprietary and be the... Um, it was always just a pain in the ass. <laughs> so I say good riddance. And then, you of course, the wish. iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is kind of wild. 
because yeah i think for a while like blackberry was really synonymous with like a a, a certain type of of person certain executives certain yeah yeah and that's just yeah that's not going to be the case anymore but you know hopefully for the for the best so yeah Harley sends over a $5 donation. Thank you very much, Harley. Uh, Dubco, Destination Unknown Beer Company. Ooh, I like that name. Uh, Marzen, uh, drinking a, a good old German Marzen. So, excellent. D sends over 420 Canadian uh, with no message, just 420. Uh, nice, nice, although I'm not sure I get the joke down here. I think that's more like, you know, $2.95, but <laughs> whatever that translates into. I don't know. We appreciated the the spirit of the joke, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Rim did all that first. It started as a pager and then tried to move to a PDA. Yeah, and I think that's a better analogy than than what I had is, is, yeah, Blackberries emerged from the presence of pagers, not the necessity of a PDA-style organizer device. And and the messaging and back-end service of that reflected that origin so yeah uh mo zamboni i like that I like that name ten dollar <laughs> donation uh i'm a 41 year old father and an eight plus year 1099er i appreciate your hustle as well as your eclectic takes on technology and your choices of libations you are weird in all the right ways craft not crap thank you seriously thank you uh it's a good hashtag yeah Craft, not crap. Might have to monetize that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, say I'm a father in his mid-30s and just trying to make it and, you know, left the, the business world behind and could not be happier for it. And uh, so from one uh, 1099er to another, I appreciate your hustle. And uh, may 2022 treat you better than any year prior. Cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Well, should we get into the next story here? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, this one I'm sure you will be hearing a whole bunch about in the next couple of days, but it kind of broke today on Twitter, and I or <laughs> late last night on Twitter, and so I figured I would beat Steve to the punch and and talk a little bit about this. Um, because I am of two minds of this. I, I am I am totally of two minds of this. Because, uh, as a tech YouTuber, as an influencer, the name I hate the most, the title moniker, whatever that I hate the most, um, I I work with companies. I work behind the scenes with companies quite a bit. I have communications that are not public. At, nor would the public normally get access to those kinds of conversations. Um, but sometimes you run into the worst possible experience as a legitimate customer of a brand or of a marketplace or something else that normally a, a person would just be out the money or they'd have to charge back something or or whatever else. And they'd be going, yeah, like, you know, Newegg did this thing to me years ago and I lost 150 bucks and I'll never shop there again. And they'll tell everyone they know, but who they know is like seven people. Um, As uh, Steve over at Gamers Nexus said, uh, Newegg rolled a natural one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
quote from Twitter yesterday. Newegg screwed us out of $500 in one of the shadiest ways possible, and I don't think the company realizes that it rolled a natural one and landed on us. This appears to be a convenient scheme to deny RMAs and, and keep returned products and the money. Literal theft. We tried being nice. Now, the reason I'm of two minds of this is... Let me, let me try to be very, very <laughs> gentle about this. Okay. Um, I've put companies on blast before. Uh, FedEx is probably the the one that has drawn the most of my ire most recently. Um, and I have to tell you, since I started putting them on blast, my service has not gotten any better. Uh, <laughs> for, for a... For a company that built their own tracking platform internally, knows their own infrastructure internally, knows their current bottlenecks in their supply chain and, and transit chain and everything else, you would think they would be able to accurately track goods and give you a good estimate of when something was going to arrive. Don't tell me it's going to arrive Wednesday and then it doesn't arrive till the next Tuesday. If you tell me Tuesday and then it arrives sooner, well, then I'm a happy customer. If you tell me today, but it doesn't arrive for another six days, I'm going to get a little grumpy because maybe I'm planning on doing a video with that or I needed a part to replace something in my washing machine or I needed this or I needed that. You do plans based on expectations of delivery, especially in this, you know, mid-COVID world that we live in. I can't just go down to whatever store and buy whatever I want, or at least I don't because I'm responsible. Uh, and so you have to rely on on transit. Uh, but I've put Newegg on blast repeatedly on this channel, on Twitter. Um, it hasn't really helped me any, uh, and I, I get the same customer service that everyone else does, but it makes me feel a little bit better. There are avenues, however, that I could take as, as an influencer if I had a problem with a particular product that I could just call up a rep of that company because I have the marketing rep's number and if something's going to get done, it's going to get done that way. Um, uh, I have received no less than two new side panels from Fractal Design after I broke them of my own <laughs> incompetence. Uh, I, I will say that, that uh, Fractal Design treats me well. Uh, same computer, same case, twice. Uh, and actually, I broke a third panel, swapping out that PC for a different PC. <laughs> and while I was swapping it, the panel came out and shattered on the ground. And that one I just doesn't have a side panel anymore. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to call in a third favor. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, it's it's like I have influence and can and have the contacts to be able to go behind the scenes and just fix a problem. Uh, but when legitimate situations like this arise and let, let's go into the clarification of what the problem actually was, uh, we bought a motherboard from Newegg, never opened it, not even the UPS box. So they literally took receipt of the box, went, oh, it didn't arrive in time or we didn't need it anymore or whatever the case may be. Uh, 
started an RMA on Newegg, was fine with the restocking fee, sent it back. You know, I, I've done that numerous times with projects on the channel where you're not sure if something's going to arrive on time. So I'll buy a second product or, or I'll source the same part from a second vendor because if one arrives first, that means I can get moving on content first and the other one I can just RMA. Like that's kind of a normal business practice. Uh, I offered to pay a restocking fee. No worries. New egg claims, quote, the motherboard has thermal paste in the socket and I'm not getting a refund. They never opened even the shipping box, let alone the retail box that this motherboard came in. Um, and Newegg has continuously failed to read or listen to our queries as a normal customer, not as GN. So this was done on a personal account uh, and has shown its true colors. They denied a refund for the return uh, and kept the product. And now we're stuck in an RMA loop Oof. where they have both their money and the product. As a consumer, that infuriates me. Um, <coughs> I've been on... on that side a number of times with with different people not necessarily as jeff from craft computing but just jeff who bought something from x company like it happens sometimes it shouldn't but it happens sometimes uh i've been on that end for car repairs i was on that end actually most recently with ebay uh where i bought something on ebay and uh it was my 3090. I bought an RTX 3090 on eBay because I needed an RTX 3090 for doing my video editing because I didn't want to spend, you know, $8,000 on a Tesla or, or a Quadro GPU, and I needed more video memory available. And the highest consumer card available was 24 gigabytes, which happened to be an RTX 3080, which happened to cost $2,750 on eBay. Yes, it's a business expense, no, I didn't want to pay it, but that was the going rate. So anyway, uh, bought this card on eBay and I bought from a shipper in Oregon, from a guy in Oregon who had the card. And, and I went, cool, it'll be here in a couple of days instead of a week or so. And, uh, you know, I'd like to help someone in Oregon or, you know, even if it is a scalper, I don't care, you know, just I need the card. Uh, so I bought from Oregon. I paid 50 bucks more. He was... 2750 I think the lowest was 2700 but it's like, yeah, Oregon, cool, two days, done. Uh, like four days goes by, the card still hasn't shipped. And I went, hey, are you going to ship my almost $3,000 graphics card? I'd kind of like to receive it. Uh, to which I got an email back that said, well, I didn't realize that eBay was going to take 12% of the final sale price. And that's just <laughs> highway robbery. So tell you what, what I'm going to yeah. do is I'm going to refund you and and I'll sell you the card for 25 and we'll just kind of split the difference between the two, between the fees and everything else. And I went, um, no. Uh, you've rolled a natural three. I'm not going to call it a, a one, but you've rolled a natural three. Because I I have affiliate links for eBay. So I, I make a good amount of money referencing people to eBay with this account that I bought this card through. So I you can either ship the card or I will report you to eBay. Because if I go outside eBay terms of service, I lose business. Yeah. <laughs> I lose money. Uh, and... You didn't read the 12% on, on IT stuff, so 
that's on you. And you want to talk about highway robbery? Right. Twenty seven hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> Get out of here. Right. Twenty seven hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Take off your twelve percent and call it a learning a learning expense. Exactly. And that's kind of what I told him. Well, he emailed back and he goes, "Man, I just I just can't, don't want to pay that." And what? And I said, "Look, I hear you. the The fee sucks, but." There's nowhere else that you're going to get as many views onto your product as what eBay has. And so you have to play ball with them on the 12%. Um, and uh, and whatnot. And I'm not going to risk anything else for, you know, going elsewhere. And he emailed back and he was still kind of wishy-washy. And finally, I said, I am done. I'm going to report you to eBay for trying to go outside the terms and service and break the, the or breach the contract for the sale because that's what you've yeah. done. Um, yeah. And spoiler alert, they will side with the buyer. <laughs> uh, they always do. They always do. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I said, because I'm sick and tired of you holding my graphics card hostage. And he didn't like that word. He goes, I'm not holding anything hostage. I said, you have my $2,750 and the graphics card and are making demands. That's yeah. the definition of a hostage situation. <laughs> yeah. So... Long story short, he shipped him the graphics card. Uh, but anyway, uh, moving back to the Gamers Nexus situation, uh, it was about 12 hours later. Uh, Newegg decided their, uh, their their customer service branch should should go ahead and respond to this inquiry and this uh, injustice that had been aired on on Twitter to see if we can just kind of make this all go away. Hey, can you DM me your your number and we'll just refund you like right away? Um, <laughs> from Newegg, from at Newegg, verified. Uh, hi, Steve. First off, thank you for the feedback and what you do for the community. Butter him up first. Uh, we're saddened to hear that you or anyone for that matter had to go through that. We'd like to welcome a discussion with you to improve our process and our overall services. Talk soon. Uh, the replies are great. I just want to stop on this one for a second. Uh, the replies are fantastic. Um, hold on. Should I see more replies? There we go. Show more replies. Uh, Steve responded, and I don't even see it now. He said, I think you just went back into your, your normal feed there. Yeah, it went, yeah, for some reason it's not showing Steve's reply. But Steve replied, we'll talk after the video is posted. Because you've had more than enough chances. Yeah. <laughs> if I was a normal customer, you'd be holding my money hostage. Yeah. Over this, we'll just say injustice. If this turns out to be true, and and at the moment I only have one side of the story, and I bet we're only ever going to get one side of the story because Newegg will never publicly comment on an issue like this. But if this is true, um, then uh, boy, <laughs> yeah, how many other times has this happened? And it hasn't been a YouTube tech media influencer with 1.5 million subscribers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the big question. I mean, how many other people has this happened to? Is this a routine pattern? Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, if it's a routine, that's just that's just bad business. It was bound to it, it was bound to come up like this with somebody like Steve. Mm -hmm. um, it was going to rock the boat. 
but a lot, most people don't have the time or the energy or the wherewithal to fight back this much. And I don't know. I've never, yeah. I've never really heard a story like that where people didn't get their money back, but not after a lot of back and forth. Right. And I, I've been in a situation like this, not with Newegg, um, but with certain tech products. Um, I did, I did, re um, I returned a laptop one time. I, I, I bought a laptop, uh, not going to mention even the brand or the vendor or anything like that. I bought a laptop. I wasn't happy with the laptop. I returned it. Um, I treat all of my tech perfectly. I don't care if a graphics card has died. I'm not just hawking it in a bin. I'm like going to set it in a box and then gently set that box down into the recycle bin. I, yeah. I'm not a destructive type at all, regardless of the situation. Um, like I think uh, Bitwit did this thing where uh, he did a vlog one time where he went to a place where they let you like take a sledgehammer to computers and TVs and crap. I can't do that. I I just can't. I don't know why. There's a place like that in Salem. <laughs> at the uh, at the uh, Fork Forty Food Hall. Okay. Downtown yeah. on uh, yeah. State Street. Yeah. There's a place I can't. I don't know what it's called, but you can pay money and go in and break things with a sledgehammer. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm just not not a destructive type even if if something used to have value i have a hard time destroying it i just do um and uh so yeah uh but i've been in this situation before where i returned something and they said well it came like this and so we're not giving you your money back and i'm like like hell you're not giving me my money back like i used the laptop for an hour and a half didn't like it and and decided to return it because it had this issue with it and yeah uh was it hard to watch the movie office space oh don't get me wrong i can watch it just fine i don't like being around it i don't like uh we used to do uh uh send stuff to recycling and and reclamation places all the time and whatnot and so we'd just get like giant pallets that we would load up with old tech and i'm picking up towers and like setting them down Meanwhile, the techs that worked with me are like taking the towers and just yeeting them into the basket. And I'm like, I know they're going to be melted down for gold. Still, though, <laughs> just just a thing in my brain doesn't like it. Uh, Chris P here found Steve's uh, reply, quote, we can talk after our video goes up. I'm not a big fan of disingenuous attempts to fix an issue after it's revealed that the mistreated customer has a following. Yeah. So. Which that customer service reply did reek of that. Um, I've never gotten that, although I'm not huge on Twitter, although I am starting to be known in the tech space on a fairly regular basis, um, where it, it's hit or miss if I might get recognized in a, in a tweet directed at Newegg or whoever else. Uh, but I could still do a video on YouTube and I guarantee that video could take off. So I do have the nuclear option. If, if need be with a thing like this. Um, Skull brings up a fantastic point and as a fantastic moderator all around, thank you Skull for keeping the trolls at bay. Uh, I think the biggest question here is whether this is a pattern of behavior from Newegg that there is evidence of, or if this is one pissed off rant in a shitty situation as an individual. And that's why yeah. I always hesitate on just like putting a company on blast because just because you had 
a particularly shitty situation doesn't mean that every customer that has ever walked through that door has. Uh, unless I hear more evidence, I I really won't speak ill of a company. Uh, unless I have repeatedly been treated like crap, like with FedEx. <laughs> like right. it took 18 late packages in two months for me to like finally put them on blast on Twitter. And and I've only... I've talked about it a number of times here on Talking Heads, but it's never made a mainstream video. And I'm sorry, Talking Heads gets like 4,000 views plus, you know, another 10,000 or so syndicated on podcast over on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Uh, But I don't put it in my videos that get 50 to 100,000 views because I don't need to, you know. I, I feel like going the customer route rather than the entitled influencer route. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a good look if it ends up being like an honest mistake or whatever. And truthfully, mm-hmm. like most of the time, these types of situations really do, I think, have a, a, a more of a middle ground than we like to think. Mm-hmm. And Newegg is a massive company and they really don't need the benefit of my doubt by any means. But you got to think that they're staffed by normal people who probably aren't making that much money. <laughs> right. And so when this comes back, they might, you know, who knows? This guy might have kicked it to his manager and that manager is making a decision based on you know, procedure or protocol or whatever. Right. And it ends up being the wrong thing for sure. Yeah. And they probably get a ton of people saying like, well, actually, where's my money? Yep. You screwed me. Well, yeah, I'm sure we screwed you. Good job, buddy. <laughs> you know, this time they happened to, you know, maybe maybe they were wrong and, yep. and they happen to do it to somebody that probably has the receipts to back up what they're saying yep. and all this sort of stuff. So. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. I mean, um, I don't blame them for being upset. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of us sort of fantasize about having the power to do what Steve is doing. And I know I've felt that way a lot with banks back in the day when I was poor and they're, you know, <laughs> well, I'm just going to take my business these- elsewhere. Okay. Would you like all $29 <laughs> from your checking account? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I had a I had a, a thing once when I was like 19 years old where a uh, a hold on my debit card that was I you know I only had like 10 bucks mm-hmm. and I bought like five bucks of gas mm-hmm. but the gas when you get gas they hold like sixty dollars or whatever yeah. instead of just putting and that negated my overdraft protection yeah and all of a sudden my overdraft protection was off and it triggered all of these charges. And all of a sudden, before they even told me, I had $700 of charges. Yeah. And then before I knew it, I had a thousand. And I had gone in and I asked them to like freeze the account while we debated it. They never froze it. So then I had $1,300 of, of charges. Yeah. And um, when I finally settled it with them, they said, okay, well, here's what we'll do. And they credited all this money back and I still had negative 20 cents. And they were like, if you can't bring that up positive by end of business and the, the fees start accruing again. <laughs> <laughs> and of course... I worked a swing shift job. How was I going to get there before close of business? Right, you know? right. <laughs> so luckily I was able I to walk call into the somebody. branch and just thrown a quarter across the table. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was able to call somebody and give them my account information <laughs> so they could go in and fill in a deposit slip. I, I think I called like somebody from the store across the street and I was like, please, <laughs> you know, small town stuff, but it's yeah. like, that's how they get you. And I remember fantasizing. Yeah. Like, I just wish I had recourse that was more satisfying than, what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, who knows how many people do get screwed in that regard and end up, yeah. you know, but 
I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with this. Yep. Be interesting. Uh, Net guy also chimed in a little earlier, and I wanted to give this some attention too. What if Newegg shipped a used motherboard yeah. to them and ac uh, accidentally? This would explain a lot, as it happens often. Now again, Gamers Nexus never opened the shipping box, so yeah. they never inspected the motherboard. I will say, uh, always inspect packages that come in. Always. Uh, so if that ends up being the case, if they shipped him a used board. Uh, and Steve didn't see it and inspect it upon delivery. I'm not saying this is Steve's fault. I, I want to make that perfectly clear. This is still on Newegg, but you report anything immediately as it happens as quickly as you can. Uh, every time I get a, a box, that box gets opened and inspected. Um, maybe not the retail box gets opened if it still has like factory seals on it. I just want to open the box and make sure they didn't send me something that went, that looks like an accordion now, because right. sometimes that happens in distribution facilities. Uh, you know, inspect the packaging for damage, open the box, make sure that what they sent you is what they actually were supposed to send you. Um, and, uh, and, you know, handle it from there. It takes five minutes for you know, someone like Steve, it probably takes 30 minutes to un open all your boxes every day, but it prevent or it helps prevent situations like this. Yeah. And so, uh, and that's a great point because, you know, a company like Newegg, that's definitely been known to happen before. Totally. I, it's happened so, to me before. I, I've yeah. ordered new parts and I ordered a keyboard one time that came with like Cheeto dust inside of it. Like it happens. <laughs> it shouldn't gross. happen, but it does. God, I hate, I hate Cheeto dust. <laughs> it's coarse and irritating and gets everywhere. Just gets everywhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, that's the only advice I can give is to avoid being in a situation like this. Inspect the packages when they come in. Even not, don't even bother opening the retail package. Just open the box and make sure the box is in good condition. Like, the retail box is in good condition um, and verify it is what they say it is. Now this did ship from Newegg themselves. This was not a third party seller. Uh, so Newegg is the responsible party in all of this. Um, but we often like to, we often forget as consumers that there is a little bit of responsibility on our end as well to report any wrongdoings or issues that, come up along the way. Now, whether or not they're handled, that's another issue entirely. And I will still say 95% of the onus belongs to the company. But if I receive a package and I don't open it for three months and I open it up and it's a back and it's a box of rocks instead of a $600 motherboard, guess what? That's on me, not on still partially on the company who sent it, but I should have reported that on day one, not day 91. So that's what I'll say. Uh, I hope this situation has a good ending. I hope this was a one-off thing and not indicative of any massive issues over at Newegg. Um, I'm sure this will get resolved. I'm sure Steve will get his money back. He's certainly going to get the views for, uh, well, one of the first contenders of worst of the year of 2022 here in the fifth day of January. So, disappointment PC. Oh God, he's going to fill another more motherboard with uh, thermal paste. Crap. <laughs> anyway, good luck to you, Steve. Hope everything works out. 
Uh, Denver yeah. sends over $5. Thank you very much again, my friend. Uh, I had an ITX motherboard that sat for a week and found the VRM pads were sitting on the socket. It was fine. I had suitable pads, but what if I hadn't? And yeah, there's, there's weird things that happen all the time. Even in sealed boxes, I'll open a box and it's like, well, that's not supposed to be rattling around in there. Um, you know, that's happened a number of times. Heck, I gave Red a monitor that ended up that was a real bummer. That was a real bummer. That was a thousand dollar <laughs> monitor. Uh, so uh, I did a review on a monitor two years ago, two and a half, almost three years ago now. Um, it was a BenQ ultra wide. It was halfway between a gaming monitor and half and half a, a content creation monitor. It was only a hundred hertz, but it was a hundred percent sRGB accurate and I think ninety three percent DCI or something like that in a thirty four inch ultra wide fourteen forty p. Great monitor. Um, didn't have a VES amount, so it wasn't going to live on my desk, but I went, well, Rec can use it because he's going to be editing video for me. That's awesome. So I reviewed the monitor. I put it back in the box because I didn't really have anything to do with it. Uh, and then sent it over to Rhett after I moved. Well, apparently when I was moving, we broke it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that had to have been like the only, the only time it could have happened, but I sure. pulled it out of the box. It's like, that doesn't look very good. But I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, maybe it's just cosmetic. So. I plugged it in, turned it on. I was like, no, that ain't cosmetic. Yep. <laughs> oh, God, that was Three so quarters of the screen just splintered. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Couldn't even get an image on it. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, how's your cocktail doing there? Oh, it's gone, but it was great. Mm. That Hendrix Lunar is uh, really good. This is so fantastic. Um now, as an old-fashioned does, it dilutes down as you drink it, especially if you pour it on a single rock. Um, even diluted down, it still has this fairly thick, but not syrupy. I don't... It's not syrupy. Fairly thick body. Chewy, almost. Very sweet up front. Again, not syrupy sweet, but just like a real nice... Gosh rhubarb pie type sweet i'll say uh and then it's still leaving me with like a little bit of peppercorn and a little bit of just heat overall from those thai bitters uh the orange is very much still there this is just a great old-fashioned <laughs> sounds delicious i'm ready to open up my second drink so there's no rush for you but uh i'm getting a little thirsty a little parched Cotton mouth yeah, I'm about, I'm about two here. minutes away. So go ahead and open yours, and by the time you finish, I'll uh, I'll be good to go. Yeah. So this is uh, this is all the way. I believe it's from our friend John Jay. I've got a Trinity IPA. That is from John. Um, this is one of a handful that he sent us uh, over the previous several weeks or months at this point. Um, and uh, I've had it before. It is a delicious beer. Excited for the next one. Oh, I guess I could hold it up because. You ain't going to see it when I pour it into my delightful clay mug over here. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, the one true city of New England, Providence, Rhode Island. It looks like a delicious beer. I'm pouring it into a mug you won't be able to see, but nice and easy here. Smells good coming out. Um, It's a small mug, so I'm going to have to give it a second here. Hmm. Internet connection unstable, baby. Yep. That's just what Trinity IPAs do for you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. 
Good for killing internet connections and brain cells. <laughs> it brings you back into the Stone Age so you can have a real good time. That's right. You know, maybe turn off your phone for a while, eh, Rhett? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> All right. Uh, for my second drink, uh, bringing back an old favorite. This is uh, from Binary Brewing right here in Portland. This is the Ducking Autocorrect West Coast IPA. Never, never once in my life have I intentionally typed in ducking into my phone. That's not true. I have all the time. Ducking or to duck. Because <laughs> there's so many instances where I am typing a message out to someone and I said, did you try ducking under that? <laughs> well, you know, they, they might really be a little too young. We're, we might be a little too young for the duck and cover uh, <laughs> drills. <laughs> I don't know. What did they use cell phones for if not talking about duck and cover drills? <laughs> <laughs> duck and cover. <laughs> uh, all right. That is a beautiful beer. Look how clear that is. Delightful. Yes. Oh, oh that's just good. All right. Let's move on to uh, another super chat. And then, like, literally as I'm talking it, my screen turned orange. Okay. Uh, one more super chat, and then we will dive into the news. Uh, Mike D. from uh, Canada. Sends over another uh, 20 Canadian pesos. Thank you so much, Mike. I do appreciate it. Wishing you and your whole family a safe and healthy 2022, especially little X. Thank you very much. Excited for the new craft computing content. Stoked for the retro rocket. Ooh, someone's been paying attention. That case comes in tomorrow. Very excited for that one. Uh, please make it happen. I will share the vid with everyone I know. Uh, yeah, for those uh, who have been paying attention, thank you very much, but uh, I am building what is known as a retro rocket. It is a retro PC built with mostly modern parts. Uh, and this one is, I'm fairly confident in saying, unlike any that you've ever seen before, uh, and fairly approachable for what it is. Um, I don't think I have the network drivers sorted out, but I have everything else sorted out. Um, it's going to have multiple PCI slots, but be a sub five liter case. So stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. Not coming via FedEx. No, this one's USPS. <laughs> Tech Geek sends over $10. That case comes in tomorrow. Does it though? Does it really? Yes, it's USPS and it's already in Salem. <laughs> so. What retro GPUs are still inexpensive? Uh, the FX 5500 from NVIDIA is a fairly easy get with 256 megs of uh, DDR memory. Uh, not even GDDR, just DDR. Uh, and that can be had for about $35 uh, on a PCI bus. Uh, Voodoo's are all like 150 plus. Yeah, no, I, I kind of wanted a Voodoo card, but at the same time, 
I wanted something even more modern than that. And there are 3DFX wrappers that you can get that do a darn good job at turning your NVIDIA card into a 3DFX glide card. So uh, I'd rather just wrap an old game and have full compatibility with everything else, plus be well above every minimum requirement I'd ever want to be, uh, and spend $35 instead of $150 for the nostalgia of a 3DFX card. So... Uh, so yeah, I've narrowed my choices down to two different NVIDIA cards. Uh, I'm not sure which one I'm going to go with yet, but they're both pretty darn good. Um, they're PCI, not AGP. Uh, I had to concede on the AGP thing because that just made things way more difficult than I wanted them to be. Uh, but yeah, sub five liter build incoming. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Kren. Uh, Rhett, why don't you take this one away? Kren sends over a $5 oh, God. chat. <clears throat> yeah, he gives over five Aussie bucks and he says, good eye, mate. There you go. <laughs> good eye, Kren. Good eye, Kren. Coming at you live. <laughs> How you getting on? I'm glad that Kren is okay with it. Because <laughs> remember the first time I did it, I was just I, like, I was like don't, we're going to lose do every that. Australian viewer. Don't do that. <laughs> Yeah. I like that it's a regular thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm going to step away real quick and see if I can't uh, uh, solve some of my connectivity issues. So I'll be right back. All right. Okay. I, I, I will I'm take this to. away then. Uh, Jeremy sends over $5. Actual dollars. I do appreciate that, Jeremy. Uh, UPS can't deliver my packages from Tacoma to Tacoma because of rain. Today is the second rescheduled due to weather. Uh, yeah, we've had that excuse in Oregon a number of times. And, well, living in Tacoma, you understand all of that fully. Uh, if they have to cancel due to rain, that means you're not going to be in service eight months out of the year. Like, it's just a thing. So, you either deal with the rain or... If you're in Kansas or Illinois or wherever, you deal with the snow. Get me my dang package. Like, let's figure this out. Anyway, finally moving on to tech news. As much as I love the Super Chats, if we want to get into tech news, I'm going to give another three seconds for one to pop up. Nope, they haven't popped up yet. Okay, here we go with the tech news. Rhett, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Uh, we'll start with AMD. We're going alphabetically as to not irritate anyone this is not showing favoritism but it's a-i-n so it's amd intel nvidia there we go uh amd announced that in 2022 second half 2022 we will be seeing zen 4 cpus on the all-new am5 pga or no lga socket sorry lga socket uh they are doing away with the good old you know, cat grooming tools that the AMD CPUs have been since the beginning of time uh, and are finally moving over to LGA on the consumer socket. Now, AMD has used LGA for a number of years, dating back into, you know, the bulldozer days with the, the Opteron 6000. Great cat grooming accessories. Uh, huh, you... OBS disconnected for a second and then reconnected. That was weird. Weird. Yeah. I think the weather has been very hard. The weather has been very um, hard. And I am on a new fiber line now, by the way. Uh, last week, I did the show over Wi-Fi, 
Like that was <laughs> that was a wing and a prayer. Let me tell you. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so Zen Four coming in the second half on all new LGA AM5 socket. Uh, but there is a new Ryzen CPU based on Zen Three coming in the first quarter with uh, all new 3D vCache. Now, what this is, is AMD has been experimenting with stackable cache on their chips. So we all know that AMD uses chiplets for their design, and so they have uh, eight CPU cores with cache and, and all the other intricacies that live on a core, and they can put whatever chiplets they want onto a CPU die, as well as an IO die to connect them all together. And then boom, you have a, a CPU. Uh, well, the cache exists on those chiplets. And to date, there has been 32 megabytes of L3 cache on any given Ryzen chiplet. The problem is, if you wanna speed things up and if you wanna get lower latency to the memory that is being held by your RAM, you need more cache and the closer you can get it to the CPU the better. Uh so L1 is the fastest L and it's usually 128k 256 it's it's kilobytes in size. Um then you have the L2 cache which is typically in the range of you know 2 to 6 to 8 megabytes it's also not huge um or not a large amount but it's also very small and very very close to the CPU. Then you get into L3 which is based on significantly slower memory, but still a hundred times faster than the DDR memory that is sitting over in your in your DIMM slots. Uh, so the more cache you can build into the CPU, the faster your CPU can access memory and the faster it can chew through data. Uh, now 32 megs of cache is still a decent amount of cache in a modern CPU. I, I don't wanna you know downplay that at all, but AMD has been working on stacking layers of cache to increase that amount without increasing package size or package surface area. Uh, what they've managed to do is take that 32 megabytes of L3 cache and stack a 64 megabyte module on top of it, giving you 96 megabytes of L3 cache. Uh, they are going to be producing a chip uh, based on Zen 3 called the Ryzen 7 5800X 3D which will have the same eight cores and 16 threads of its similarly named counterpart in the 5800X. However, the 5800X, uh, or sorry, no. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, <laughs> the 5800X 3D will have 96 megabytes of L3 cache instead of 32 using this stacked technology. It will have a slightly lower uh, base and boost clock, which I find slightly interesting. Uh, I'm not sure why this is, if not for thermal reasons. Uh, because if you make the L3 cache taller, you have to make the rest of the chip taller so it is able to be spread by the heat spreader unless you want to CNC your own custom heat spreader with like a two nanometer dip in the... You need to raise the rest of the CPU package to make it flat. That's just the end result. Uh, so they've instead coated the rest of the CPU with a thermal layer that will help with heat transference between the die itself and the heat spreader that's on top of it and make it the same height as the L3 cache. Uh, 
I don't know if that's the reason for this discrepancy between those two CPUs, but even at 4.5 gigahertz, this may be a faster CPU in certain workloads than the 5600X is. 5800X, excuse me. Uh, so, interesting stuff. Uh, that's a new product, to be sure. Uh, and we did, like I said, get our first look at the AM5 CPU, which is going to be based on uh, LGA. So here's a look at the socket itself. Uh, it will have PCI Express 5.0. So I guess PCIe 4.0 was kind of a short, fleeting little blip in time. Uh, as well as DDR5 support. Uh, oh, and the good news is it's compatible with all current AM4 coolers. They didn't change their cooler mount. Bravo, AMD. I did appreciate that little footnote in, in this. Uh, five nanometer Zen 4, second half of 2022. That's that. Perfect. Well done, AMD. Yes. Uh, for those wondering, it's officially the LGA 1718 socket, if you keep track of that kind of thing. Uh, Elmist Guzman sends over 1,000 yen. Good afternoon from Japan. Uh, new member to the Discord. Loved the fact only two groups on my Discord are Craft Computing and Star Trek Online. I think I may be a Trekkie. <laughs> I think you might be. Uh, I think you're among friends is, is what this is. Um, I'm still waiting for Paramount to see and D my, <laughs> my frame here. <laughs> uh, I think I took enough like liberty with it that I'm, I'm fine. Like it's, it's definitely inspired by, but it's nothing that was seen on the show. Uh, although the colors are fairly accurate and I do have the whole, uh, rant alert screen that I could always go back to. Uh, so, you know, there's that, but thank you. Thank you from Japan. Um, I don't think I've ever had anyone confirm that they were from Japan. So oddly enough, in 250,000 subscribers, you're the first. Um, I did forget to note earlier on, someone said, I hope this becomes a thing where Rhett starts, uh, matching his mic, uh, cozy to yeah. his, to his wardrobe. I thought I would never use this, uh, this yellow one before. Uh -huh. And then I wore this yellow shirt and I was like, well, I got to put it on <laughs> I, right before we rolled. I ripped the other one off and put it on. So <laughs> wait, yeah, I GI have pilots, just the thing uh, for this, right? GI Pilot bought me uh, a whole pack of different colors, so um, I might have to make it a, a tradition to rotate through them. Uh, Elma says he's stationed in Japan, active duty military. Well, thank you. Thank you for tuning in, regardless of where you're at, and uh, thank you for doing what you do. I appreciate it. American Cosworth sends over $5. Uh, he's in the Bite My Bits and Big Big Spoon discords. I have been hanging with bad people. Uh, so I told him, there is hope. <laughs> the first step is admitting you have a problem, is, is what I hear. So, A uh, little bit more AMD news. This is less news and more rumors and speculation. But the AMD Epic Genoa uh, chip has potentially been leaked, at least physically. Uh, as big as Threadripper is, good God. Um, 
So a Threadripper is, let me see the proper LGA socket name for Threadripper. Let me look it up. I can never remember. Uh, of course, Wikipedia is not going to have it. Does anyone know the pin count on, on LGA SP3? Gosh. I, uh, I LGA 40 or 4094. So 4,094 CPU pins in an SP3 socket. The SP5 socket is an LGA 6096. So 2,000 more pins. So basically what they've done is they've taken the same length thread ripper and just squared it up vertically. <laughs> Holy crap. That's a big chip. Oh, and by the way, little footnote, up to 96 cores of Zen 4 and 400 watt TDP per socket. <laughs> Good God. Good God. Yeah, that was the other news to come out of this week for AMD. Uh, moving on to Intel. Uh, Intel announces, obviously, their 12th gen Alder Lake. Uh, they have now announced their full stack of CPUs that are available. Uh, 22 of them in all, uh, and eight new desk or eight new laptop SKUs as well. Now, the 22 desktop CPUs, I want to put a little asterisk next to. I feel like I need to, because I feel like it's more like seven CPUs with like eight variants each. Uh, like, there's just a chart of, you have the i9-12900K, the 12900KF, the 12900, the 12900F, the 12900T. Which one are you going to get? Uh, <laughs> I understand the need in some situations for multiple SKUs, but at some point, I just become numb to them all. And so do consumers, because if a consumer were to look at this chart, they'd go, what in the ever-loving crap am I supposed to do with all this? Uh now, I know the K stands for overclocking and the F stands for no integrated graphics and the 12900 is just the base model and then the T is the lower wattage model and blah, blah, blah. Like, I understand the need for some different SKUs, but at some point, you got to start paring it back down. Like, <laughs> never. Ugh. This is Intel we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It frustrates me from a reviewer standpoint. It frustrates me from a tech standpoint. It frustrates me from an enthusiast standpoint because while they could just release the i9-12900 as an unlocked CPU with the same base and boost clocks, they don't. Uh, in, instead, they actually differentiate all of these CPUs with all different base boost core clocks for both the performance and the efficiency cores. Uh, they have wildly different base TDPs. They have wildly different turbo TDPs. Uh, like the 12900T is supposed to be a 35 watt chip, but it'll still turbo up to 106 watts. Yeah, it's just weird. Uh, Bite My Bits had a shot wheel. Where is yours? Um, boy, I have a no. history with, with taking money for shots, and I don't think I'm going to open that, that bag of worms back up. Okay. We're, we're, we're craft, 
not crap, okay? Craft, okay. not crap. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. Uh, I I would die if there was a shot wheel. I just... Right. right. Where I was two and a half years ago is just not where I am now. Right. Like, a shot? Okay, great. Right. Sure, that sounds fun. Two? Ugh. We're getting dicey. Right. Three. You want me to do a live show? Three. What time is Jeff? it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's why you guys come to the super secret after show. Like, okay. Like to do multiple shots, you would have to get me like six, seven years ago. Uh, when I started oh. this channel in 2017, my second daughter had just been born a month prior. Uh, so I'm on round two of having a newborn in the house uh and having to hold together a show now this is obviously my first go around with being a full-time youtuber and trying to set my own schedule and boy has that schedule gotten fluid let me tell you <laughs> uh but uh you know my first my first go around when i was when i started the channel and when i was posting videos weekly i still had a newborn at home and i was still working a full-time job and and boy I don't know that I could have done a shot wheel even in 2017 at the start of the channel, let alone today. Like, whew. Nah, that's painful. Yeah. Anyway, uh, a couple of the new CPUs that were announced are some of the more consumer-friendly, lower-end, uh, mid-tier CPUs, if you were, especially in the i5 range, because we knew we had the i5-12600K. However, now we have the standard 12600, and actually for a pretty sizable, almost $70 discount um, over the 12600K. Uh, this might be a dark horse for a lot of budget builds with a 3.3 gigahertz base and a 4.8 gigahertz boost. Um, yeah, it's not overclockable, but that's still a pretty darn good chip with six cores and 12 threads. Uh, there's no efficiency cores on this one. You have to get the K or the KF to get the efficiency cores. But if you're a gamer, I don't know if you really care about the efficiency cores. So 220 bucks, or probably what will end up being like 239 when it actually hits retail. Uh, for the i5-12600K, boy, that might be my dark horse uh, budget gamer build uh, candidate. Uh, we've got a million different variants on this. The 12600T, which is the low power made for business variant at 35 watts and a max turbo hitting just 74 watts for literally the same price as the 12600. Uh, we've got the 12500 with a slightly lower boost clock, uh, but the same TDP for $20 less. Eh. Uh, and then finally the 12400 lineup Again, same TDP, slightly lower boost clock, but another $20 below that, or $10 below that. So, again, you get into some major skew confusion here where it's like, do I spend $192 or $202 or $223? What are the differences between those? And what where will I benefit as a consumer or as a business owner or as someone who's buying a bunch of white box products? And we lost Rhett. That's awesome. Uh, I think I'll go to this screen, or even better, I have one where Rhett is not on the screen. There we go. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's confusing for a consumer. It really, really is. Moving down to the i3 range of products, which I would love to show off, but I think I'm going to have to disable the, the Discord video. There we go. Sorry for the black screen. Uh, we do have the i3s, which are four cores, eight threads, and none of the i3s have efficiency cores in them. 
Uh, and they start maxing out at 4.4 gigahertz at the very top of the line with the 12300F. I'm a little... It's weird to say that I'm skew overloaded while also being disappointed there's still no 12300K. Like, give me a 4-core 8-thread overclock chip. Like, just give me one to play with. 150 bucks. You know, let's beat Ryzen at their own game. Like, seriously, beat Ryzen at their own game. Uh, and and give us an overclockable low-end chip that's 150 bucks. that if you're just a gamer, that's really all you need. But anyway, we have the, the 12300, 12300T, the 12100, 12100F, and the 12100T. Uh, and then we get into the Pentiums and Celerons, which are two cores. I don't know if these are two cores four threads or two cores four threads. Um... It, it doesn't go into the actual thread count. So I don't know if hyperthreading is enabled on Pentium and Celeron. I would guess not. But <coughs> there we go. Uh, oops. Wrong one. Hold on. One of these. There we go. Uh, well, you know what? While Rhett is gone, I think that's a perfect time to uh, get into the segue of how uh, Linode will never let you down. And today's video is brought to you by Linode. Ooh, we get the cool mirrored effect down on Rhett's screen now. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources, time, or yeah, resources or time to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software for most of the tutorials on my channel, or even apps from the App Marketplace, which are one-click installs and installed directly into a Linode instance. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. And even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode also recently announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. In September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing, and thanks again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Linode, indeed. Where did Rhett go? It's going to be a really awkward show if he died. If his internet died. Well, if he died too, that'd be weird. Uh, hopefully he'll come back before too long. But, as they say, the show must go on. So, go on, we shall. Uh, up next is NVIDIA. With the NVIDIA, oh, do we have Rhett back? Uh, kind of. There you go, okay. <laughs> We're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. Like I said, I, I was just saying the show must go on and go on, we shall. So I'm here. All right. Uh, what happened? Internet's gone. Just gone? No, I'm on, I'm on cellular data right now. All so. right. Yeah, no idea what's going on. So I just grabbed my cell phone, grabbed my Bluetooth, and uh, here we are. So there you go. Um, I've got my desktop in front of me, and uh, if it if it recovers, we'll make the switch back. But all right. Well, I appreciate you sticking with me. All right. Uh, up next is uh, well, some video cards that you won't be able to buy. Let's go ahead and start with the RX fifty or sixty five hundred, hundred ninety nine dollars. 
Right. Like that'll ever happen. Will a single person ever buy that graphics card for $199? I want to know. Will any, any one, any one person ever buy that graphics card at $199? My money's on no. My money is this card will never be available at that price for the average consumer. Because they're going to be sold by the pallet load to miners before they ever get into retail channels. So... Sure, miners will buy them at like one eighty nine. They'll they'll pay wholesale, but will a consumer be able to pay one ninety nine? No. <laughs> Sucks. Uh, there's also a new thirty ninety, the thirty ninety Ti, called quote a monster of a GPU. Uh, hold on, let me turn Rhett back on. There we go. Portrait mode. What the. Dude. Oh, should I flip it over here? Yeah. Let's see what we can do here. There you go. There we go. <laughs> we have standards on this show, man. I guess so. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> NVIDIA has announced the 3090 Ti, a monster of a GPU, opposite the RTX 3050, available at just $250, which again, good effing luck. Uh, so... Uh, NVIDIA says this will be using the whole GA102 core, the whole Ampere 102 GPU die, which means it's going to be using the same 10,752 CUDA cores as the RTX 3090. However, it will have slightly better memory bandwidth at the same 24 gigs of memory, uh, bumping up to 21 gigabit per second versus the 19.5 gigabit per second of the original 3090. Uh, In terms of shader cores. Uh, we're talking 40 shader teraflops, putting almost 5 teraflops in front of the RTX 3090. Now, if my math is fast at all, that's what? 7%? It's not great. Like, they're, they're saying it's a full 5 teraflops in front of this on this one specific metric. Yeah. Shader performance. Um, yeah. You, you made a video card that's 7% faster in some metrics, but you didn't give it any more CUDA cores or any more memory. You gave it slightly faster memory bandwidth. So memory bandwidth intensive tasks are going to be, well, about 7% faster. <laughs> Weird how that works. Uh, who knows how ungodly expensive this GPU is going to be, especially given the current market. Remember, the RTX 3090 was supposed to be a $1,500 GPU. I paid $2,750 and about a week of my time back and forthing with an eBay seller about how, no, I will not break the eBay terms of service to pay outside of eBay's buyer program. Uh, so, yeah. $2,000, $2,200, $2,400? Like, what's the retail price and what will people actually pay for this thing? I don't know. They didn't say. Which is weird, right? Like, why would you mention a price for what should exclusively be an enthusiast product? <laughs> Couldn't agree more, Jeff. Yep. Uh, Dang it, you are so articulate <laughs> and knowledgeable. <laughs> don't, don't try to flatter me. Uh, you can't stop me, Jeff. Gosh. What is LTE for if not flattery? 
Andrew sends over a $10 donation. Thank you very much, Andrew. It is much appreciated. I've been saying for ages that Intel and AMD need a gaming four or six core high IPC. And you know what? Snapdragon is making a gaming uh, system on chips specifically for gaming handhelds and tablets, plus one for Snapdragon. Yeah, I'm actually kind of looking forward to what Snapdragon does in the consumer space as far as Windows on ARM. Uh, sorry, I am certifiable says 3090Ti. The people who named the chip called it the TI. It's been the TI for as long as there's been TI. Like, I remember the GeForce 4 TI range of graphics cards. And they stood for titanium, which in empirical terms, and in the if you're referencing the periodic table, is TI. You don't say TI when you mean titanium. So... You can all shut up. <laughs> Ties are stupid. Especially in the case of the 3090 where this is just a clip-on. <laughs> Thank you. That joke was lost on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gamers Nexus Steve posted tie, 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 tie. And so I said, it's a clip-on. And I, I got like four likes. It's like, aw. <laughs> That was a good joke. I like that one. <laughs> it was pretty good. Thank I'll you. give it. I'll laugh. Thank you. I, I appreciate my laughs, that. My laughs come cheap, and you know this, but that's all right. <laughs> I'll take cheap laughs. I mean, uh, anyway, moving on to some beer news, uh, of which I didn't read a lot of. Um, I did catch just enough. That Brewdog in some Dublin pubs are honoring uh, Dry January, which has been a thing that's been kind of moving and shaking. I want to say for like past like five or so years, uh, but finally starting to get some traction with like the mainstream. Like they're finally aware of it on on blog posts and things like that. Where Dry January, who's not drinking this month? Um, sorry. Uh, if you're doing Dry January. That's awesome. More power to you. Uh, and, and I hope it goes well for you. Uh, but BrewDog posted that in their Dublin pubs, they will be offering free unlimited refills of non-alcoholic beer for the entirety of January, which I think is a That's solid cool. move. It's it's kind of like, you know, your designated driver drinks free. <coughs> I like that. That yeah. most bars do. Uh, if you're the designated driver, whatever sodas, lemonades, mocktails you want, they're on us. Like, like we're going to yeah. take care of you. But in this instance, in this instance, there's no need to like wear a bracelet. Mm -hmm. They'll just, you know, right. Like, oh, you're going dry. All right, here you go. Right. Exactly. Oh, you bought a non-alcoholic beer. Rest the beer's free. Perfect. Rest the, yeah, I like rest that. the NA beer. It's the non-alcoholic beer. Let's, let's make sure we don't get the and Irish too good, excited. <laughs> there's some good non-alcoholic beer out there. Yeah. So some, yeah, it scratches the itch. You know what I mean? It totally does. Uh, there's the, was it the Klausner? Kla Gosh, what's that German one? There's a German beer. That's just a hopped carbonated water. It's fantastic. And, uh, I'll be honest with you. When I finished the hour or so that it took to ram the new fiber cable from my office. And, and by the way, the video did not accurately portray how hard it was raining <laughs> while I was doing that. 
It looked a lot uh, worse at regular speed. Right, regular speed, <laughs> and 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 even in even in the in the uh, the time lapse, there were some frames that it's like that's a lot of water, uh, <laughs> where it, it's raining at a solid like you know thirty five degree angle. Uh, it wasn't flat, it's but been, it wasn't not vertical either. Yeah. Uh, it's been coming down lately. So yeah. uh, Sunday, I was, I was Sunday night in the course of 12 hours, we got 1.55 inches of rain. Yeah, which is just nuts. Right. Like, so. that's what some cities in Vegas get in an entire year. <laughs> or cities in, in Nevada, I should say, not Vegas. Same difference. Right. No. Vegas gets like six inches, uh, but like Northern Nevada, you're lucky if you get like two and a half and all of that is in snow. Uh. Yeah. One and a half in one night is, is a lot, even for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it, it happens from time to time and it's not unheard it's of. It's going to happen again this weekend too. I think Saturday right, it's in exactly. the forecast again. Yeah. Yeah. We're just making up for like two years worth of rain at this point. So. <laughs> Sorry, Rom's making references back to earlier posts in the week. I had to laugh. I called a I called a jiff and a jiffy and got death threats on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yep. There was a post on Reddit about a man lasting a certain amount of time, uh, and we should make a video of it. And they said, "Well, it wouldn't be a video; it'd just be a jiff because it only took a jiffy." <laughs> so they they proved the pronunciation of Jif in in one fell swoop, which I thought was awesome. I, I think I think the beauty of GIF versus Jif is that like it doesn't matter and know? everyone cares. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it could be either. It's like a it's 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 like a dialect at this point. It's like who cares how you say it? We know what you mean. I think it's fun. I, I love watching the struggle. <sighs> Ooh. Here, here's one that I can't comment on, but might get your Jimmy's <laughs> rustled, Rhett. The okay. net guy sends over a $10 donation. Thank you, net About guy. About the Matrix? Good Lord. Let me read it first. <laughs> the, I'm sure this is why my internet went out, because God was watching and didn't want this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> the net guy, by the way, solid YouTuber. Go give him a watch. Uh... The Matrix 4 has done worse than what Jar Jar Binks did for Star Wars. Change my mind. Yeah, that's just disingenuous attention grabbing. I mean, uh, Jar Jar Binks is a fine character, but Matrix 4 is nowhere near... I'm not saying that Jar Jar Binks is the lifeblood of the prequels. No, I'm not saying that. But Matrix 4 is nowhere near as bad. And Without I'm glad him, that the he Jedi had would pay. likely be dead and there'd be no Darth Vader. So literally he That's... was the crux that stumbled upon <laughs> Qui-Gon Jinn or the Darth the Dark Lord himself. I do like that fan theory. I like that fan theory. That um I I am gonna, just gonna say I'm happy that the net guy had to pay ten dollars to say that. <laughs> I so badly wanted uh, when we finally got a look at uh, at the the new emperor and whatnot, and Snow or uh, you know Ky Kylo's bowing before Snoke and whatnot, and 
Well, yeah. Now, I still wanted when when he cut Snoke in half to all of a sudden the doors open and we just hear Misa back. <laughs> like, would have done it. Could have happened. Yep. Could have happened. Why not? No, we were we were having a good uh, a good little chat about uh, the Matrix in the uh, in the Discord. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad he said he was going to wrestle through his couch his couch cushions to find some super chat money. So <laughs> uh, I'm I'm glad he did. No, I'm all I'm all on board for a good conversation about the Matrix because I think that uh, the the latest one is thought provoking and I think that it, like it definitely breaks the mold of like I think what people wanted, but. Uh, but that's why I liked it. I mean, here's the thing, and I'll say this. Uh, the movie literally ended with a song by a band that is now famous for pissing on a fan live on stage. Now, if that's not a metaphor for what they were trying to do with the with Matrix 4, then I don't know what else yeah. is. At least they didn't go the Game of Thrones route where it's like, well, everyone like started predicting what we were going to do, and we just didn't want to have that so we we started going like no they guessed that idea they guessed that idea you know what why don't we just make brand the king <laughs> i don't even think that's true there's so many there's so many uh like clips of the of benioff and weiss the the showrunners for Game sorry of star wars being star like- wars actually did admit that where uh uh, J.J. Abrams was like, well, they were guessing the plot of it and we didn't want to have that. So we just like wrote a new one. And <laughs> so they wrote the new one that was like straight from like the canon of the books that they erased. Like, right. Get out of here, J.J. Right. Yeah, I don't. Th- this is and this is the actually like, it's kind of the big problem I have with fan discourse on shows mm-hmm. and stuff lately is that like it ends up having a far greater impact on the outcome of the shows than I think it should. Because like, I I do sort of believe that like the people that are making these shows, they know better than the fans. And like, the thing is, is that there are a lot of fans that are knowledgeable and there are a lot of fans that have like good criticism and good, and good takes. And, but like the masses, it's just noise that rises up. And it's like, I don't, you know, personally, I kind of feel like it, it really ruined rise of Skywalker, like, which is pretty much, the worst Star Wars movie at this point. Like, I, you know, I, I watched it a few times in theaters. It's like, whatever, if you like it, I guess good for you. Um, I, I'm not going to debate you about it. Um, but it, it, I think that's, and that's kind of what's happening with a lot of shows on TV that kind of happened, I think, with Game of Thrones a little bit. Um, and I kind of think, it, I don't know, I, The Matrix, I think what what makes a lot of people upset is that it was sort of like immune to that. Um, not necessarily that people had these ideas of how the matrix ought to go, but I think that the matrix was co-opted by a type of person that the, that the creator of it just like detested and didn't like, and she made the movie in order to be like a slap in the face to those types of people. And I think that that's really cool. And when you watch it, I don't know if you've watched it, Jeff, I have it's, it's just chock full of memes, man. Like it is one of the most like self-reflective meta commentaries on like the relationship of filmmakers with their fans that there is and it's like so enjoyable because of that (laughs) like and people people in the discord were saying like oh well it's uh it looks like a fan a fan film version of a sequel and i was like yeah and that's that's cool i like that about it you know what i mean like from it's not the writer of the original like (laughs) yeah and like what 
And and if some of the stories that are coming out are to be believed that the studio was like really kind of forcing her hand to make the sequel, then like she made she made a great sequel with a shit hand. And I think it's pretty cool. I don't know, like when you watch the movie, pay pay attention to a lot of the a lot of the memes, a lot of the jokes, a lot of the things like there's flat out a sign in there that basically say like. I can't I can't remember it without looking it up, but a character's like sliding down this pole and there's like a marquee sign and it says like shit on fans or something like that, you know? <laughs> it's like <laughs> uh, she, she's telling you right there what she thinks. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. So I don't know. I can't I'm I'm not plugged into the chat or anything, so I don't know what anybody else is saying, but Yeah. Um, no, uh Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with a lot of the fans get too invested into something and take too much ownership of what is inherently not their art. And and that's that's a, a blasphemous thing to say in certain communities. Star Wars, Star Trek, Game of Thrones, Matrix, Lord of the Rings. Like like let's go down the list of like hardcore into the lore, into everything fandom and yeah. and whatnot. Star Wars fans are the worst. Let me just say Star Wars fans yeah, are the worst because I, I kind of agree. here is the average Star Wars fan. I watched Star Wars in theaters when it came out in 1976 or 1977. Well, I was six and a half years old. Well, well, I didn't really see it in theaters because I wasn't born yet. But, but in 1983, when Jedi came out, I still wasn't born. But in 1992, when I saw them the first time on VHS, my life was forever changed. And that original trilogy is just like so ingrained into who I am as a person. Uh, And then when the new ones came out, that was just an absolute slap in the face to everyone who had ever watched it and screw George Lucas and everything he ever stood for or believed in or wrote or dialogue that he may have had a part of. And, and then I was so excited for the new ones and, and man, they just suck too. And like, I'm a hardcore Star Wars fan and I'm just telling you that you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, but you hate six out of the nine. That's and that's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say about the matrix right now is that most people who like the matrix, like one out of four films, right? Like, like, do you like the matrix? I like the matrix. Right. You know, and that that's the thing. It's like I liked all three Matrixes. I yeah. always did. And it's you you watch them for what they are, and it's like okay, when you say that number two and three weren't as good as the first one, you're unequivocally right. You are a hundred percent correct. But every other criticism I find just like falls flat. It falls down to taste, and they act as though that their taste is sort of the sole metric that should determine whether or not a movie is good. I think that Star Trek fans are amongst the most like immune to this level of criticism. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's just in general because like, well, we have a much broader scope on which to judge and a lot more material to find your own niche. And I, and I think that's true, but I also think that Star Trek was deemed dorky and stuff for so long that you just kind of grew immune to the the outside criticisms and like you learned to like it in your own way. Yeah, uh, and maybe that's just me because like I came I came at Star Trek like really like laterally like I didn't come at it like a normal person like I I started liking Star Trek because of like a meme video that I saw basically I was like, <laughs> that's Star Trek okay and then I kind of got into it and it became a game to like how many scenes could I see from this meme video. And um, 
and I fell in love with it from from that direction. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe my experience isn't the quintessential, but yeah, like for Star Wars, it's like they like two or three out of nine movies. They don't even like, or even more movies at this point because they don't like Rogue One or Solo. And they'll sit here and they'll talk about how great you know Clone Wars is, but even, even Clone, I don't know. It's just. They've all got their flaws, but at the end of the day, it's still not your art. And you can either like it or you can dislike it. You can be a fan of one episode of The Clone Wars. That doesn't make you a Clone Wars fan. That means I sat down and I watched one episode and I liked it. It doesn't give you the right to trash on the other 75 episodes of it. It, You know, liking the original trilogy, that can be the end of your fandom. Like, you can like the original trilogy and hate the rest. That doesn't make you a Star Wars fan. Yeah. To be a fan, you have to be a fan of the thing as a whole, and yeah, and, and appreciate the like art a, for what it is. Right. That that's a big thing I think that is always missing from the discourse. Is like I, I remember like doing this thing when I was really, like, uh, well, I'm still really into music, but like when I talk to people about like what I consider perfect albums, like I mm-hmm. always take into account what is the album trying to be. Right. Because if it if it got close to to landing on what it was trying to be it's going to score a lot of points in my book like if it's trying to be this thing and it totally misses or falls flat like that's i have a lot of forgiveness for camp when uh, when other people don't because i understand that camp can sometimes be a choice that you like lean into um you know th- this was like the big the big debate and, and my kind of big problem with like the cowboy bebop adaptation was I thought the adaptation was brilliant. I loved every episode and there were some slow parts that I could do without, but like overall, man, we have a freaking B plus adaptation of one of the greatest animes of all time. And people are going to dunk on it. Like it's not good enough. I'm like, I'm sorry if you thought that you were ever going to get the anime again. Right. Because you aren't. Right. The, The original showrunners could get together again with the original talent and all this sort of stuff. And they could try to make Cowboy Bebop season two or take two or whatever. And it's never going to match the magic because it's also had 25 years to grow and develop in your mind. It's part of why people think Firefly is so good. If Firefly had gone on longer than 13 episodes, I'm sure that fans would have found a reason to hate hate it. Firefly, I I think, is a great example of fans just going too far with something. Now, Firefly... Great 13 episodes. Did a fantastic job of world building, did a fantastic thing with everything else. But because it was canceled and because it never ran the course of trying to tell a story over multiple seasons, it's remembered more of what could have been. And man, I wish they continued that rather than was it actually that good? The truth is, is that what you build up in your mind and what you can imagine and what you can theorize and project into the show Mm -hmm. is better than anything that they could have ever done. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is part of why, I don't know. There's some, there's so many books you could point to where the the final book isn't out yet. And, and, and the mythos of this book is all the fan theories and all these types of things. That's what made, that's what made the game of Thrones show so great was that after it had caught up 
to the source material and it started developing on its own. Everybody's on the same foot and all of the, every theory was just fair game and it's out there in the world. But every single thing that a fan could come up with is going to be better than what they could do. And that's part of why the show ended up falling flat. And that's, I think the same thing could have ended up happening to, to Firefly. You know, people people hold it up as this remarkable thing. It's like you had 13 episodes and it didn't do anything other than give you these this great ensemble. And it is great and it is fun. And right. I've rewatched it a thousand times. But like, I swear to God, if you had gotten more than a few seasons, the fans would have ended up hating it probably. Yeah. Or at least if they're anything like what you get out of modern Star Wars fans. Right. Or modern Matrix fans, judging by some of the <laughs> conversations I've been in lately. Right. What, what I will say is Star Wars has much more success when it's the underdog. It's only yeah. been the underdog a couple of times. It's It was the underdog with the original trying to get the 1977 film shot and produced. Yeah. Uh, with, you know, a shoestring budget. Uh, it made it and it told a fantastic story. Uh, the next two films got greenlit. They also told fantastic stories and they did very well. They also invented a lot of the techniques that we see in modern filmmaking. Uh, it's why Lucas Arts and Lucas Film became and Skywalker Sound became mainstays of film production. It's because they are the creme de la creme of special effects houses. Uh, but liking those three doesn't make you a Star Wars fan. And when the prequels came out, there was so much anticipation for what they should have been and so many expectations for the story that they wanted told that when the original writer, George Lucas, put pen to paper, wrote out the screenplays, and then produced what he produced, people went, well, that wasn't very good. I, I still love Star Wars, but this was just crap. Like, this was just a cash grab. This was... Blah, 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 blah. Like... Well, and part of what This is what I, you want. like, forget... Part of what I feel like a lot of people forget is that the entire empire is built on merchandise, right? And so it's like, why wouldn't you have a Jar Jar Binks? Why wouldn't you have all of the... Because he's not necessarily just thinking about what's going to look great on screen. He's also thinking about what's going to look great in toy boxes around the world, you know? Like, Bingo. And it's Dude's like, a marketing genius some, and no one ever gives him that. For sure. And what's funny is like everybody rips on Jar Jar Binks so hard. And I must have just been the perfect generation. Like I saw it and I just I, I could not have cared less. Like I thought he was fine. You know, every character needs a buff or every movie could use a buffoon. Every story could use that like little comic relief. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, OK, he's kind of abrasive now. But man, I watched Phantom Menace not that long ago. And I'm like. Yeah, I like I guess I don't like the way he talks. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. I don't know. And again, it's just like the worst possible thing that George Lucas could have done was waited 15 years to make that movie. Like if he had just gone in and made it right away after return, like I don't know, there's just no way you give 15 years for fans like star wars fans to build up all this headcanon yeah it's it's going to go awry you give them all of these extended universe books 
for them to begin to like plot and theorize yeah. their own stories like it's going to go awry i don't know man yep there are no greater natural enemies than star wars fans and star trek fans like like firefly fans and star wars fans and matrix fans and star wars fans damn star wars fans they ruin star wars like the meme writes yeah. itself it really does <laughs> Yeah, and see, and that's the thing, and maybe, like, full full disclosure, you know, to all the people that are, like, talking about Matrix 4 and all this, like, that guy, like, I like, I like when there is a discourse between the fans, when there's a discourse between the fans and the creators, and uh, Lana Wachowski just decided to make a very direct response to fan criticism, and, and... and I thought it was pretty great in that regard. Um, I thought that The Last Jedi was really doing the same thing. And that's really why part of why I liked The Last Jedi was because it really dissects some of the tropes and traditions of Star Wars that were kind of like boring and tired and drawn out. And it challenges them and it challenges you to think in new directions and be like, look, this is this is the Star Wars of the future. We could take, you know, this is one step. We could take two if you want. Well, and then Rise of Skywalker, we took two steps backwards and and, and kind of went even, you know, everybody hated Force Awakens for whatever reason, even though it's a fantastic movie. I thought I thought but, Force Awakens was the strongest of the three. Uh, I and again, as a fan, I don't like where they took Luke Skywalker, but it's not my I movie. Loved it. I, I, yeah. I, 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 exactly I understand it. where he wound up. I wanted to see how he got there. Yeah. And I think and see and that's kind of what I that's kind of what I loved about that's kind of what I loved about it. This idea of 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 taking the discourse between fans and creators like the story of what happened to Luke Skywalker like no matter what we envisioned it was not like like whatever we envisioned was not going to live up to right. what they did on film. And I think like Ryan Johnson just ran with that idea. Yeah. Like you're not going to beat fan expectations so why bother? And that, and I think that's really why he tried to subvert a lot of expectations with his movie and really play with a lot of the cliches and tropes and traditions of Star Wars and push it in a new direction. A lot of people hate I that. I wanted to see it. how Luke got there. In a ship, Jeff, come on. <laughs> <laughs> in an X-Wing, which yeah, he would... buried for the second time yeah. in the sea. Uh, yeah. We do have a couple super chats. Uh, Sonny Chan chimes in with 50 Hong Kong dollars. Hello from Hong Kong. Mm. Hello. How's it going? Uh, and Elmist sends over another 500 yen. Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money from the movie is made. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's why you got Empire. That's why you got Return. I right. Mean, it, like, he goes, you can have the studio today. money. I want the toy money. And they're like, yeah. whatever. And then he made billions of dollars on action figures. And they're like, oh, crap. Yeah. I mean, and really, like, you could, I wonder how much of, like, the toy craze of the 80s was really kicked off by by that. Like, I, I don't know really the was. exact chronology yeah. of it all, but then it's like, and I think at, like, around 84 to 86, like, you really got the, like, G.I. Joe franchise that kind of- Well, you got G.I. Joe, you got Transformers, you got- Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. He-Man. He-Man, Care Bears, uh, whatever <laughs> the cats were. Thundercats. Thundercats, thank you. Yeah, you you had all of these 
things. And I think they were trying to cash in on the make a popular show and equal toy sales. And so they started making yeah. things with toys predominantly in their minds. Well, and that's that's the whole thing. Like if you watch the toys that made us, you learn that a lot of these shows were secondary to the toy lines. Yeah. Like I think He-Man was that way. Oh, all of those that we line. just mentioned were secondary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that I think that Star Wars picked it off. I, I don't have like the chronology in front of me, and maybe I'm just talking right out my butt. But um, yeah, that whole '80s like toy craze with like action figures and all that. I think that was really kicked off by Star Wars. Yeah. I, I don't think you're wrong in that assessment. I mean, that's why that's why Boba Fett is so big, not because of the movies, but because he sold toys, baby. The mysterious stranger in the helmet. I mean, and, all of those and, bounty hunters and what, in Empire what I will say had names in the toys. Right. <laughs> what I will say is great about both Star Wars, the toys that they produce, and Star Wars fans themselves. Like, I know I said both and I listed three things, but follow me. Is that every single thing in Star Wars has lore. Everything. Yeah. Everything has an origin. You know, what we got what in, in that bounty hunter scene was a prop maker going... I want to make something that looks cool. Like let's make a bounty hunter droid and let's have a Twi'lek and let's have, let's have a guy named Bosk. And he's like wearing he's like a Trendoshan. He's a Trendoshan wearing a Mercury style space suit uh, and this lizard guy in a tail. Uh, and then we've got this dude, you know, let's just name him Boba Fett. And, and he's like leftover stormtrooper parts and a jetpack. Oh yeah. We got to add a jetpack. And all of a sudden you have the entire Mandalorian religion where we never remove yes. our helmets and, 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 and ah, <laughs> like it yeah. is both the best and the worst aspect of star Wars fandom right there. Yeah. And that's exactly the thing that like kind of makes me laugh is like that, that scene really encompasses it because like, <laughs> it really does. I, don't, I, I guess I really, I really don't know if those characters were like listed off in the like credits or what, like maybe they were, but like, I think that IG-88, the droid, for example, yeah. was named in the toys only. Yeah. Like they're like toys, IG-88. IG-88. Um, and then rounding the merchandise back up, uh, the Nintendo 64 and PC game Shadows of the Empire, you actually fight IG-88 uh, in a junkyard uh, as Dash Rendar, who was supposed to play a predominant role in the uh, in the sequel movies, but they decided to skip that whole whole thing. Yeah, well, that would have been also like Kyle Katarn. Oh yeah. Too. I love how they See, weave all... Kyle in and out of like major events. It's great. Yeah, exactly. Many Bothans died to bring us these plans. No, Dash Rendar or no, Kyle Katarn like shot up like 70 stormtroopers on his own and stole the plans single-handedly. <laughs> and then and then gave him to some freighter and and then like 90 people on that freighter died. And then they got into Leia's freighter. And then that was captured. And so she put it into an R2 unit and shot it down to Tatooine. You want to talk about great film now. Rogue One, man. Like, yes. People got people got issues with it. But I, I honestly kind of think it's one of the best Star Wars movies. Like I put it like 
you know, I put it above some of the original trilogy for sure. I do as well. I so good. it it went back to the root of storytelling within the Star Wars universe, um, where the reason, and I say this about a lot of different media, both you know you you could say books, film, video games, etc. There's a difference between telling a decent story, uh, which, to be honest, decent stories are kind of a dime a dozen, but oh yeah, but also creating a universe that is fully organic and believable and letting the audience kind of fill in the gaps. Uh, You know, Star Wars, A New Hope, did such a fantastic job of just starting a story in a universe you had no idea how it went or what existed or what meant what and just dropping you into that universe and then telling a story within that universe. And, uh, you know, uh, do we know where, do we know where Tashi station is? Probably in fan lore we do, but all we ever hear about it in the originals is I was going to go down to Tashi station to pick up some power converters. We don't know why Luke was going there, but that's a line that he dropped because his life didn't revolve around the central story of the droids that were, that the empire was hunting and, and everything about that, that movie built a universe without explicitly trying to explain why it existed. That's why John wick works. That's why the matrix works. That's why, that's that's why doom works. That's why the legend of Zelda works. That's why you can take any popular media um, it's why Cyberpunk's 2077 works to to everyone's chagrin about the glitches and everything. Cyberpunk 2077 did a phenomenal job of just dropping you into a universe and saying, here, you figure it out. You figure out what the lore is. You figure out what all these things mean because we're just going to use these terms and we're not going to hold your hand and, and give you the dictionary definition alongside it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly why Morrowind works too. I mean... <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> you're. I know you're being facetious, but that's why the Elder Scrolls works. Is they just drop oh, you into the sure. universe, and you have to figure. That's why Fallout works. That's why Final Fantasy works. Like yeah. the root of storytelling, and and getting this mass adoption and mass enjoyment is not having to hold someone's hand and saying, "Well, in in." 3,000 years prior to this event, you know, we had these things yeah. called mages and we had white mages and dark mages and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's and see, and then dumping Shinra you into a story. By, right. It's yeah. dumping you into a story and letting you experience that world. Because by the time the by the time you're done with the story, you may only understand 60% of the world that you're in, but you know it's an expansive universe that has yeah. so many other stories to tell. And I think that is so lost from so many popular media and i think that's really why people with game of thrones ended up being unhappy was because they wanted a neat ribbon put on every single thing possible and it's like what since when have you ever gotten a neat ribbon on everything ever i personally love it when they don't bother wrapping up a story yeah because it wasn't it wasn't critical to the central plot and so it's a thing that happened tangentially disappointed if you liked it 
but that's a lot different than it being a failing of the show Correct. or the book. Right. Too bad we set yeah. up this character with all these dynamic plot lines and then they just faded away into obscurity. Well, you know what? They weren't they weren't central to the plot anymore, so of course they did. How many how many plot lines in your life fade away to obscurity? Like there are there have been so many plot lines in my life that felt central that faded away. Here here's uh, we'll, we'll start wrapping up with this point. Uh, it's it's 9.57. Um, in your life, every other person is just an NPC. <laughs> You're the only one who experiences your story, who experiences the way that you experience this plane of being. Uh, but did you know that the lore of everyone that you meet has a fully evolved story on its own? Like that that barista at Starbucks, she lived her entire life before giving you your grande mochiato. Like I mean, think about the man hours that went into raising that barista. Right. You know? Right. Like <laughs> think think of think of the blue jeans guy from Mandalorian. <laughs> He had an entire life as a boom operator up until that point that he intersected that story at that specific moment. And now he has an action figure. <clears throat> like That's amazing. Yeah. So don't tell me that every single story and every narrative that you've ever experienced has to have a neat little bow on it. You have friends who you lost contact with and you don't know if they ever ended up with Jennifer. Like... <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's that's I th I think a really great way to think about life because when you begin to get frustrated with somebody or or short with somebody or you can really begin to think like well how many things is this person going through that I will never grasp or never be able to understand how many of their experiences are completely unique to them and completely beyond the scope of my imagination yeah and uh, you know not necessarily saying that everybody doesn't deserve to get yelled at down the net you know like sometimes people are jerks and, and they got to be told they're jerks but right. other times they might just be having a rough day man and like right everybody's entitled to a rough day i've certainly had rough days i've certainly said things in public situations to to people that i'm not proud of i've had i've had uh trains of thought and methods of thought that I didn't like and didn't realize they were wrong until later in life. Like we grow as people. We're not, we all have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's why I really think that there's, there's room for the net guy to change his opinion about the matrix. So, <laughs> <go ahead. laughs> Way to wrap a bow on that one. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just, I'm just joking. I do appreciate the super chat and the conversation about it, though, dude. So thank you. Mark says, I know for certain they never ended up with Jennifer. Jennifer changed their name, and Timmy ended up with Sterano. Uh, uh, they sent me the pictures. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, you know. Like, I have, I have really close friends from high school that literally, as of graduation day, I haven't spoken to since. Uh, I have you know, pretty good friends that, that I used to see, you know, weekly or, or multiple times a week. And all of a sudden it's like our lives went different directions and we talk to each other once every six months and that's life. But you know what? 
they're living their own life too and they have their own experiences and everything else to draw on that might sway their opinions one way or another based on conversations that you're having and you can like it or you can not like it but being a fan of having friends doesn't mean that you get friends with nice little bows tied on every single storyline so yeah and solo was a dynamite movie solo slapped so much behind it was dude. so good so good so good you, the most the most star warsy star wars right movie. It, like it, it's it's like we love the mandalorian for being like this spaghetti western style yeah. thing and then we hate on solo because it was this spaghetti western like anything goes slapstick dude yeah. dude the great bambino or gosh gambino freaking slapped as lando calrissian oh. Dude. David Glover, yeah, Donald Glover, excuse me, Donald, Donald Glover, Glover, Donald Glover, freaking killed Childish Gambino. Sorry, I went Babe Ruth. I should have gone. This is America. Oh, when you said the great Gambino. I was like, damn, dude, you must love his music. <laughs> yeah, Childish Gambino. No, yeah, no. Babe Ruth puts out some hella albums. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> laying them down. Laying them down. There's a reason they call him the Home Run King. <laughs> <laughs> Puts his pants on the same way as the rest of us, but once his <laughs> pants are on, he makes gold records. <laughs> uh, but no, him as Lando oh, Calrissian dude. was oh. childish lamb. Landino. <laughs> you want to talk about one of my favorite favorite images in Star Wars history? It's him leaning back with the droid, filling up his glass. He's like, "Everything you heard about me." It's true. true. Like what a suave <laughs> line, dude. Like him, him walking into that. the into the Falcon and he has like thirty capes on hangers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great, man. Oh, I love that movie. And that's the thing, like Mandalorian gets all this praise for being what it is. I'm like, and you're gonna turn around and knock and, on and knock solo. on solo. solo. Right. Look, all the the only defense this movie needs is everybody's knocking on it. They're like, it's dog shit, it's so bad. And then Ron Howard, who directed it, he's just like well, it's my most successful movie of all time. So, <laughs> like, it literally outperformed every one of Ron Howard's movies. Yep. And people are saying it's bad. Yeah. Get out of here. Like, yeah. I don't even. I don't agree with using box office ticket sales as like a metric to determine a movie's worth. But like in this instance, you're gonna say it's bad. And Ron Howard only makes bangers, dude. He doesn't right. make bad movies. Right. Like. <laughs> Solo was so good and it 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 didn't deserve nearly the hate that it got. There are so many fantastic performances in that uh and and honestly left I mean freaking Darth Maul makes a reappearance in in the ending credits. Like yeah. It is so yeah. good. It is so good. Yeah. It's up there not it's up there with Rogue One. I will say I enjoyed Rogue One better. And again, oh, yeah. like to circle back around and to tie a bow on all this. I think Rogue One was so incredibly great because it told a story from a time in Star Wars, which we weren't overly familiar with. Um, I mean, yes, the, the you know, fleeting moments of it lead directly into A New Hope. So timeline wise, it was literally like the two weeks before. Uh, but... It tells a story from a perspective and with characters that we had never heard of before. 
And all it did was drop you into the storyline, tell you what the plot line was of we need to do this. Well, why do we need to do this? And the characters didn't have to explain themselves. They just were. And they were fantastic characters with their own personal motivations and desires and wants and needs and everything else. And the movie also didn't care if they lived or died because yeah why i mean and and watching like you knew you were in you were in for a completely different star wars experience than you've ever had yeah. when you watched cassian the supposed like you know hero of the rebellion just straight murk a dude yeah. to not get caught at the very beginning and yeah. you're just like what am i watching yeah and i thought these people were the heroes yeah not to that guy they weren't, you know? No, just straight up knife through the face style. Yeah. Dude, it was just, yeah, it's, oh man, what a great movie yeah. all around. Yeah. And uh, the dude that played Director Krennic, just like, man, <sighs> he was, I, I wish I could, I, I I always do a bad job of remembering his name. Yeah. But he, he is such a brilliant actor in his own right. He's so good in everything. Yep. Um, what a great movie. Yeah. Uh, Rogue One personally is my my favorite Star Wars movie. So it's definitely up there. I, uh, it's one A one B, like it it's yeah, close. Exactly. It's so close. Yeah. 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 Um, plus Vader's hallway scene, right? Like in all of and, Star and Wars, people, like like yes, you're a Star Wars yes. fan, but in all of Star yeah. Wars, you only hear that Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker are badasses. You never get to see it until Rogue One. And until The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, see, exactly, man. You get it. Yet those are the worst movies in... in I've seen A New Hope 6,000 times. And for a moment, Rogue One did such a good job. For a moment, I had no idea what was going to happen to those Death Star plans. Right. Now, I'd seen the movies. Right. And I have no clue. I was like, is this it for the Rebellion? Right. Like, like I know the Rebellion gets the Death Star plans. What I did not expect is a rebel soldier to be pinned against the ceiling and Darth Vader cut him in half nonchalantly. Like. <laughs> so good. Oh. That is, a gift, <laughs> that is a gift from the reshoots, man. And everybody was dogging those reshoots. Yeah. Oh, this means death for this movie. Right. Get out of here. Get out of here. This is the problem with having so much speculation before. Like, yeah. let, let's just let these people make a movie because yeah. they dazzled us yes. and delighted us. What a fantastic movie. Yep. And the biggest crime is it's been how many years and we don't have Hong, uh, Solo number two and three lined up? I know. Get out of here. Get out of here. This is my problem with the fans coming down hard on stuff. Well, now hold on. Hold on. Cowboy- now, now, remember, we do have the book of Boba Fett out now. Sure, that's great. Fine. I, I haven't Whatever. I haven't started watching that one. I I'm I'm only It's good, but you know how many fans are knocking on episode 1 already? I don't care. And I'm just like shut your mouth. Here's me. <laughs> like... Don't care what you think. I'm yeah, I'm watching the show for my own enjoyment. Uh But you know who does care? Uh, Showrunners. Yeah. And they're going to be like, "Oh no, they don't like it. We can't make it anymore." Right. I'm an accountant and I make only decisions based on a Twitter trending hashtags. <laughs> So how do we go viral? <laughs> oh, you did. You book a Boba Fett gone viral every episode. Yeah. Uh, like Mandalorian's great, but I'm only halfway through season two still. I, I haven't finished oh, it yet. Oh, you got some treats coming your way. I, I know I do. 
like um i've avoided like 90 percent of spoilers but but here's the deal we still have kenobi coming yeah, yeah. with ewan mcgregor and hayden christensen yeah. like right <laughs> man and everybody knocks on the sequels and oh, i'm sorry any movie you can't ask for a better fate for a movie like attack of the clones than going on and becoming just the absolute meme lord film like right. i don't even care like if you don't like the, the sequel prequel, the prequel memes rather, are going to lose their ever ever loving minds yes man i don't even care i love the prequels and i love them i love prequel memes yeah I'm just there for it, man. We're having a good time while all you out there are like, oh no, Jar Jar Binks. Okay, well, negotiations were short. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I tried to throw a prequel <laughs> meme in there. It didn't work. My delivery was horrible. <laughs> no, I, it took me a second, but I got it. It was good. <laughs> uh, just in time for the show to end my internet is back on oh, isn't that nice fantastic well so, you can join us in the after show just like the rest of you I'm, can if you jump on the patreon to get access to the yeah. exclusive discord server minimum contribution of a dollar a month gets you access to the server you can chat with myself john Rest, steve all the hosts from talking heads and take part in the awesome community that hangs out over there as well as join the exclusive after party super secret after party uh we're usually hanging out till about midnight or even 1 a.m pacific time uh live on voice chat so come chat with us have uh some continued libations uh because well i don't have to work tomorrow but i know some of you do but come come hang out anyway it's a good time yeah if you want to fight me about matrix 4 you know where to find me Anyway, make sure to like this episode if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to Craft Computing. That would be even better. Uh, Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. And as always, we will see you right here next week. Later, everyone. Cheers, guys.